7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Duke Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for starting your day with us. We've got a busy show today. We'll have a Mav Day brought to you by Cover Craft Coffee and Beer. But uh, we're going to be on the road over at Colorado yeah. Craft Coffee and Beer. We'll be over there for a Mav Day, 9 o'clock this morning. We'll talk with uh, CMU Women's Wrestling, either uh, Travis Mercado, who might be uh, involved in some uh, meetings, uh, getting ready for the national tournament. Uh, Marissa Gallegos, the assistant coach, uh, might be stopping by. So it'll be one of the, the two. Um, he's going to be wrestling with bureaucracy. That's what he's doing. That's right. Wrestling that old red tape. Trying to put it in a half Nelson yeah. to the mat. And get ready for the Nationals. But uh, we'll, we'll talk with either Travis or Marissa. And also uh, we'll have uh, Troy Moyer from uh, the CMU, CMU men's lacrosse team. Picked to win the RMAC this season. Off to a, a really good start already with a couple of victories. And then um, Mercedes Boti with her softball team on an 8 game winning streak but they mm-hmm. take on the top team in the armac cover christian coming up this weekend so we'll talk with her over at cover craft coffee and beer house it's 1144 north 12th street in glenwood across from cmu will be over there and uh don't forget they have only colorado's best coffee and beer and there's no charge for coffee add-ons they also have 16 ounce coffees as well are you going to do a breakfast beer this morning? Maybe. I don't know. I'm depends. Yeah. I'm I'm contemplating. I don't know. We'll see. It's blustery. Maybe I need a warm Irish coffee <laughs> to get me through the through the morning up. We'll see what see Is what it James cold can. Enough to be blustery. It was a little windy. I went out yeah. to put the the gear in the car to go over there later. It was a little little, little mm-hmm. cool outside. So yeah, I think that's. It's fair to say it's blustery, so absolutely. I think that uh, you could say that uh, an Irish coffee would probably be Mm -hmm. appropriate. All right, so we have a lot to get to on the program this morning. Uh, Wyatt Thompson, our college basketball insider. We get his take on court storming, which has been the dominant topic. Feels like not just for college basketball, but a dominant topic the last couple of days. After what happened with uh, Wake Forest and Duke and Kyle Filipowski injuring his ankle. So we'll uh, dive into that with Wyatt Thompson coming up in just a little bit. We'll also have a Wrigley Field Cover Sports trivia a little bit earlier this morning. We're going to do it in the 7 o'clock hours. So be prepared for your chance to win a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field Grand Junction's original sports bar just east of Sam Plazio Field over uh, on North Avenue. So we'll have that coming up in just a little bit as well. So we'll just throw it out there. What should they do about court storming? We talked about it quite a bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. And and also storming the field in football. The, the two yeah. are connected. Surface storming. Nobody storms the ice because they have well, barriers there. Maybe that's, that's something they could look at. <laughs> maybe that's something they need to in think about. a lot about. of the arenas... The boards are already there. So maybe that would just yeah. reduce the desire for people mm-hmm. to try to run on the floor. Yeah. Just have Claude Lemieux out there walking around. If it was elevated like it is for the Final Four and they play at the big mm-hmm. football stadiums, that'd probably deter some just people. Just grease up the steps. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just lube them up and... Yeah. Conk, conk, conk. That'll show you, <laughs> won't it? Sounds like some kind of medieval... Like, ca- like like castle storming kind of thing. These are, yeah. put a moat, put, put a, a moat around it, around the, put some put some alligators, some football sharks. Football stadium. There's plenty put of some room. Some sharks with some lasers, some yeah. freaking lasers on them. I don't know because you know if I got to go twenty or thirty feet just to storm the court, we're gonna go. I'm done. No, nah, I don't too, need any of that. Too much work. Too much effort. Not if I'm do right that. there, then eh, I mean I'm right here. Might as well. And just lose yeah. your mind and run exactly. on the floor. Yeah. So, I mean I. Bill Self wants it gone. He doesn't like court storming. Well, it's because it means he's usually losing. Yeah. Yeah, Kansas usually... They, they are the stormed. Yeah, they are the, they're not the, the stormer. They are the, the stormy, yeah. so to speak, and that whole thing. Yeah, not too often does Kansas beat somebody. They just lose their yeah. mind and 
Last time the Jayhawks stormed the floor, I think it was 96. Which which speaks to how good Kansas has been. They don't mm-hmm. they don't need to do that. And so I yeah, I don't know what the solution is. We'll we'll workshop it today. We'll we'll talk about it. Get your thoughts on the program as well. I can reach out to us, call or text us on the team line, 970-242-1340. Also, um, we played the clip yesterday of Russell Wilson with on the Brandon Marshall podcast, I Am Athlete, mm-hmm. where he talks about his desire to stay in Denver. We'll throw it out there to you, Pyle. Do you, after hearing what Russ said, want to stay in Denver, love to win a couple Super Bowls, says his house, is his mansion's not on the market. Denied that when Brandon Marshall brought Denied. that up. And March 17th is fast approaching. They've, they've got to make a decision before then on Russell Wilson. Or it's what, $37 million? Believe that he, I believe that's the case. And so that's... That's number. That's money he would just get. That that if they don't do something before then, then he'll get the thirty-seven million dollars. So, do you feel like with what you've heard from Russ, that you go, let's give this guy one more shot? Contractually, Denver's really, really tied to him. Mm-hmm. Are there better solutions out there, or is it no? It's worth the pain to lose for him to be gone. It's worth. It's worth it because Denver needs to move in a different direction. You're that you're that convinced about what you've seen with Russell Wilson in two years that you go it's thirty seven million dollars. Yeah, just to be clear on that. that. For me, I'm more interested if there's anybody out there that even wants to keep him. Not whether he was talked into it by Russ last couple weeks, what he's been saying, but if like even at all, if there's anybody that just thinks that. The best option is Russell Wilson. I'm interested to find out if there's anybody out there. Like, you know what they what's available to them. And let's let's briefly go through it. We'll mm-hmm. spend we'll spend a little more time around the NFL talking about it. There's the draft. They're twelfth. They're gonna have to tra- they're gonna have to lose what little draft capital they have to move up. Mm-hmm. I mean, down the road, I mean, they're going to have to probably trade a, a first-rounder next year to move up, to get up past 12. Who's going to be there at 12 if they stay at 12? Because we could see Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr. go relatively fast. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix. Bo Nix could all, could all be gone by the time. They could be gone by 12. And so can you afford to do that? Also, the Sean Payton history or lack thereof of developing a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. That plays developing a role in this as well. I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah outside he just, of Drew Brees. Which Drew Brees was. Could argued he developed himself. Already was a pretty fully fleshed out quarterback in a lot of ways. I'm sure there's a lot of things Sean Payton mm-hmm. enhanced with Drew Brees' performance and, and made him a better football player, better quarterback. Right. But Huge difference between teaching and Polishing. Enhancing. Polishing. Yeah, polishing. Enhancing what's already a, a pretty impressive skill set mm-hmm. in terms of his accuracy, being on time, those kind of things that were part of what Drew Brees... The thing with Drew Brees is the shoulder injury. Yeah. And that's why teams like the Dolphins, so they regretted that one. And but, the, the Saints took a chance on him, and then it paid off handsomely. They won a Super Bowl thanks to Drew Brees. And Sean Payton coached one year in New Orleans without Drew Brees. They went nine and eight, had an offense nineteenth tw- in points, twenty eight in yards. Missed the playoffs. That was the what Teddy Bridgewater bounce back year, wasn't it? Uh, possibly. Or was that when Breeze? That was when Breeze was still there. That's right. Breeze yeah. got hurt. Breeze got hurt, and Bridgewater bounced back, got himself like the job five or the six Broncos. games yeah. and played well. This was the Simeon, Winston, Taysom Hill, Ian Book. Where the only rookie to ever start. Ian Book, the only rookie to ever start Mm -hmm. for Sean Payton. So, I mean, he's got that season and then the one season under Russ. So he's 17 and 17 in two seasons without Drew Brees. 
And so you have the free agent route where getting a Kirk Cousins is going to be expensive. Kirk Cousins age-wise is mm-hmm. right there with with Russell Wilson. Yeah, not, not, not significantly you're not get, You're not getting a whole lot younger. But the Our, bigger problem for that is... Pay that man his money. Yeah. It's going to be that. What's what's it going to be for Kirk Cousins? What what could the what could the market be for Kirk Cousins, who's going to be the, the, really the most the for aging quarterbacks the most sought after guy? Because mm-hmm. Russ turns thirty six in October, November, Kirk Cousins turns thirty six in August, so he's older than Russ. Yeah, so he's actually older. You're, you're three months. You're, but... you're you're essentially getting the same age, the same vintage of quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're just getting a guy that's probably four or five inches taller. And doesn't have the resume that, to be honest, that Russell Russ does. Is he going to be able to run Sean Payton's offense? Or is he, like Russ, kind of set in the ways that he operates? I mean, before he got hurt last year at the Achilles... Cousins, 69.5% completion percentage, 2,331, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's good numbers. That really good before, numbers. Before the, the Achilles. And he's had really good numbers. He's thrown for 4,000 yards in 2022, 4,000 yards in 2021. If 4,000 4, yards in 2020, um, 3,600 in 2019, 4,000 back-to-back years, 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, 2017, last year with the Commanders, and then threw for over almost 5,000 yards in 2016, threw for over 4,000 with the Commanders in 2015. That's when he really took over as the starting quarterback. The back of his car looks great. It does. We've talked about it for years with Kirk Cousins. The couple problems with Kirk Cousins is guy takes a lot of sacks because he's not very mobile. One. Two is... Yeah, his completion percentage is 66.9%. But it's that 33% that doesn't necessarily show up as an interception. That's just a play not made somewhere in there. What's been the knock on Kirk Cousins? Postseason numbers mm-hmm. have not have not been what they should be. The, those incompletions can turn touchdowns into field goals and wins into losses. And that's why I've never really been sold on Kirk Cousins as a guy that's going to He's the quarterback to get you over the hump. No, he's the quarterback that, if you have a really good defense, can accentuate and make your team borderline great. 18 interceptions, or 18 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. That's that's really good, but there's some times in there where it's not an interception, but it's an incompletion where you're like, that was a bad decision. Okay, so here's the playoff numbers for Cousins. 2012 can't really count. It's three of 10, 31 yards playing for Washington. Mm-hmm. Got a mop-up duty. Came in off the bench. Yeah. yeah. 2015, 29 of 46, 329, and a touchdown, no interceptions. Goes to Minnesota. 2019, two games there. 40 of 60, 414, two touchdowns and a pick in the, in the two playoff games mm-hmm. total. That's two games. That's two games. Total of 414 yards. Yeah. And then 2022, 31 of 39, 273, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It's not a body of work that is horrible, but it's no. not a body of work that you go, oh my goodness, that those are incredible numbers for him. Mm-hmm. He's got a game-winning drive in five playoff games. No comebacks. He's got to come from a head loss. I think that was the 22 game where he played really well. 31 of 39, 273, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got one playoff interception. But again, like, it's he doesn't throw it. He's not Brett Favre. He's not Jameis Winston out there going, you know, 40 and 30. But there are enough incompletions on his resume where you're like, yeah, that's just get the first down here. You know, you don't have to zip it across the middle to Adam Thielen and miss him by five yards and have it fall harmlessly to the turf. And I don't know if he upgrades your offense significantly. He's going to get uh, healthy this year. He's going to get to 300 touchdown passes career. 
But once again, you also kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing. Though Rodgers is significantly older. He'll be 40. Mm-hmm. He's still 35, going to be 36, coming off an Achilles injury. Yeah. That's not nothing. He's projected to get like a two-year, $60 million deal, whether he stays with the Vikings, whether he goes to wherever else, Atlanta, Denver. That's that's not nothing. That's, mm-hmm. that's a significant amount of money that Denver already has tied up in Russell Wilson. And, we'll, and regardless of what happens March 17th, we'll continue to have tied to Russell Wilson. You want something that's just kind of alarming to me? Kirk Cousins is 20th all-time in touchdown passes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. There are two guys ahead of him that are probably not going to be Hall of Famers. Vinny Testaverde and Carson Palmer. Yeah. Russell Wilson's on that borderline right there. The top 10 are Hall of Famers are going to be, I feel. Brady, Breeze, Manning, Favre, Rogers, Rivers, Manning, again, different Manning. Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan. Or, sorry, Dan Marino, and then Manning, Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan. Then Matthew Stafford's 11th, and he's still playing. Kirk Cousins is going to pass John Elway at some point in the next year or two. Is he going to the Hall? He's There's no way he's going to the Hall of Fame, is there? Even if he's top yeah. 10 all-time in passing touchdowns, he's only 66 away as it stands right now. Like, I, I wouldn't like, think, are you serious? I, I wouldn't think so. He is an accumulator. He's a, he's in the hall. Of the very good. Yes, he's, he's in an the accumulator. He, I, all I agree. of his kids can go to college and right. his grandkids too. He's he's got a nice career. Mm-hmm. He's not nobody. Better than I thought it was going to be Wait, coming out of Michigan State. Yeah, because he was kind of the back. He was the backup plan to RG three. It's yeah. like okay, we're going to have these two young guys had a decent career at Michigan State. RG three mm-hmm. though was the first yeah. round pick, the anointed one. For Mike Shanahan, and then he got hurt, and then that's where Cousins had the opportunity to take over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he dramatically exceeded his draft slot. Oh, one hundred percent. Dramatically exceeded what I think the expectations were for he him. Blew through the ceiling they put on him. But is he a Hall of Famer? I'm with you on that. I don't think so. Like he is three touchdowns away from tying Joe Montana. An all-time touchdown pass. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. But, but, but I don't put him in that yeah, but I don't no. put him in that category, though. I don't put him with Joe Montana. Like he's Joe never lost a Super Bowl. Kirk's never never lost one either, but he's also <laughs> he's never, never made been it to one. one. So, so don't you have to at least sniff a championship? At least Dan Marino got to a Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but he got to a Super Bowl. Don't you have to at least be have a chance to play for it. Yeah. To have to have some kind of consideration there. I mean, Marino was backed with also astronomical, mm-hmm. insane numbers. You got to be doorstep. You got to be at least at the doorstep. Yeah. You got to play in a couple of NFC championship games, at least get to one Super Bowl. And I, I don't know if Cousins has ever gotten to a championship game. Has he gotten to an NFC championship game? I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think so. I don't believe that is the case that he's ever because because the Niners game where they just got smoked. I think that was a division round. Yeah. I do not think that he he's ever played in the NFC championship game. Hmm. I don't think so. I'm looking here and see. Don't believe he no. It's just he's one and four in the playoffs. Uh, no. Yeah, that, that nope. was a division. Wild, game. wild three, four wild card games in a divisional game. The divisional game was San Francisco. That and you he's referenced. One and four. Yeah. One and three officially. So, I mean, I mean, people can bash on Russell Wilson. He's not done anything, especially for Denver. He's well, won a Super Bowl and he's won. Two, he's been in two. Right. Like at least he's got more. History, more available. championship success yeah. than a guy like Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. But is Kirk Cousins a better fit for what Sean Payton does? He probably is a better fit for what Sean Payton feels like he has to have, though. 
there's probably less I can I can do this in Kirk Cousins than Russell Wilson. There's probably more whatever you say, coach, in Kirk Cousins than Russell Wilson. And it's more he's a rhythm guy. He throws on time. That's not mm-hmm. always Russ's thing. And so they, that's where probably just from, from the player and what his skill set is and what Peyton wants, he's a better fit. Fair to say that? Yeah, probably. But when you get down to the other numbers, though, and what Denver has tied to Russell Wilson right now, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is no way around it. And like we talked yesterday, Russ and that inter- that segment he did for I Am Athlete with Brandon Marshall right. said all the right things because what's he supposed to say? Exactly. He's got to leave his options open. Denver has to leave their mm-hmm. options open. That's why Sean Payton's like, no, we got a great relationship. We're fine. Well, no, you're not fine. You're, we know better because right. we saw the Detroit game. We can read. <laughs> you saw, we saw that you benched in the last two games. We, mm-hmm. we know that it's not, that's not accurate. I know right. people are like, well, you, you give Russell Wilson a pass. Look, nobody's given him a pass, but also, like, how many times are you going to, well, Russell Wilson is terrible. Well, so is his offensive line, and so is his defense, and so is his defensive Lack of a tight end. And, you and know, it, yeah, like you talked about yesterday, the, right. the Broncos' defense was, with, with the exception of the five-game winning streak, that stretch, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. And, well, you give Russell Wilson a... Well, who did Russell Wilson hire this offseason? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you gave up 70 points to a team that the Chiefs held to single digits. Get it, cold night, Kansas City, but still, that's a Dolphins offense. 60 fewer points. Yeah. And guess what they eventually did? They won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't hire Vance Joseph. He didn't hire Sean Payton, square peg, round hole. Like, he didn't didn't draft any of the guys on this hmm. team. At some point, I get it, quarterbacks get a lot of blame, particularly when they're paid handsomely like Russell Wilson, and he's yet to deliver. And Russ... Russ does talk a big game, mm-hmm. and he has yet to deliver in Denver. Let's let's Russ be fair has, about that. Yes, Russ is underwhelmed. The rest of the team sucks too. So you know, let's mean, let's yeah, you know, let's not act like once again we've talked about. This, let's not act like Russell Wilson's entirely the right. problem here. This is the same thing of ugh, Paxton Lynch is just ruining this franchise. Well, what about the guy that drafted all these terrible players? Yeah, nobody could say one negative word about that guy. Now, finally, years later, it's like, oh, we were put in a bad spot by those drafts. Who did those? I don't I think it was Brian Sanders. I mean, so there's a little bit of that floating around, too. It's like you got to. Well, like we talk about that way. LA, LA deserves praise for what he did. He also deserves yes. fair criticism for, yep. for having some bad drafts. and he ma- making got on some, the plane for Peyton Manning. Yeah. So there's that. And, and he also, though, he Which did. Which was bold at the time. He did commit to free agency and retooling this team to he be did. a defensive team, one of the greatest defenses of all time, to win a Super Bowl. So, he absolutely. Once again, the, narr- the narrative is not, it's not one or the other, it's both. Mm-hmm. It's he changed horses midstream, fan- which usually doesn't work. Fantastic job in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Did not leave this team in the best position for the future in other ways. Right. So I think we're I think we're George Payton. He's gonna be that guy too. <laughs> All right, seven twenty four. Let's quickly jump into what's happening. And it's brought to you by Comwest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. And they can help you wherever you're at here on the Western Slope, from the Grand Valley along Highway 50 and I-70. And they can help you with surveillance, new business phone system, cybersecurity, and network support. They're your technology service partner. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142. Go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, so we'll lead things off for uh, what's happening today with Chris Bryant and Elias Diaz hit their first home runs of spring training as the Rockies fell to the L.A. Dodgers 9-4 to Monday at Salt River Fields. Cotter leads the Cactus League in home runs with seven. Rockies AAA pitcher John Curtis opened the game and struck out Mookie Betts and Austin Barnes. Curtis went two-thirds of an inning, gave up a run in two walks, covered faces Kansas City this afternoon. Some good news if you're an Avalanche fan. NHLP announcing that Avalanche forward Valari Nachushkin has been cleared to return to the Avs after participating in the player assistance program. 
Natushkin was seen back skating the ice. The team shortly after it was announced he was cleared, but he officially enters the follow-up care phase. Natushkin's not yet eligible to play in games, but is back with the team. The Avs play Dallas tonight. Moving on to the Cutter Mesa baseball team, the 12th-ranked Mavericks lost their first game in California Monday in a 7-6 loss at Azusa Pacific. Mavericks center fielder Rob Sherrar went 3-for-5 and drove in three runs with a two-run single and a solo home run. CMU starting pitcher Jacob Rhodes took the loss as the Mavericks slipped to 6-7. and seven. Final game of the series is this afternoon at 2 o'clock. If Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson has his way, he'll be Denver's starting quarterback in 2024. Wilson was on former Broncos receiver Brandon Marshall's podcast recently and stated his desire to stay in the Mile High City. People think that I'm out of there, but, you know, maybe I am, but no matter what, like, I, I love to go back, you know, but, you know, I, I committed there. I committed to be there. I committed to win championships. I want to win more Super Bowls there, you know. I, I love the city and everything else, but, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you, too. Wilson denied that his mansion's up for sale, and he said he would like to win two Super Bowls in Denver. The clock is ticking with a March 17th deadline approaching to keep the veteran or release him. If he isn't released by March 17th, he'll receive $37 million in guaranteed money. To now on the Team Sports Network, the Cotter Mesa basketball teams play their second-to-last game of the regular season. Both play at Westminster, Utah tonight on the women's side. CMU is tied for first with three other teams in the RMAC, while the Westminster Griffins are at the bottom of the conference standings. Head coach Taylor Wagner says records don't tell the whole story and that they can't overlook their opponents this late in the season. For me, it's kind of more like the history against Westminster. Westminster's a tough place to play on the road, and these games maybe don't impact them playoff-wise, but they still want to compete, and they're still playing against Mesa, and so it'll be a big game for both both of our opponents. Coverage starts at 5.15 tonight on the Team CMU Sports Network. Mavericks at the Griffins. Women tip it off at 5.30 the minute, 7.30. It's brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. Palisade High School's hired a new wrestling coach. Interim head coach Caleb Brown has been promoted by the school, according to the Bulldogs' ex-feed. Brown took over for Bill Troutwine, who stepped down near the end of the regular season. With Brown at the helm, Palisade 120-pound freshman Caden Mulford made it to the 4A finals and lost 4-1 to Falcons' Joseph Meza in the finals. Mulford is the highest placer at placing District 51 boys wrestler since 2021. And that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help or new business phone system or improving your surveillance, call ComWest today, 970-242-8142. Or go to comwestcorp.com. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Your idea, your thoughts about court storming. What can be done to protect the safety of players and coaches? I think, to me, the, the thing that I don't know how you're going to actually stop it. I don't, I don't agree with the Jay Billis thing. You're going to have to arrest people and hold them on the floor. I, I, don't, I don't see that as being a, a, a realistic solution to it. Yeah, it's very Big Brother-ish. I do think, though, you have to go through sec- with security before a game, particularly if you're the – this is a lot of this focus of the opposing team because the opposing team's the one that tends to get hurt in these situations. And because they're on somebody else's home floor – where you, where you set up a protocol of if for some reason you lose the game and people start to storm the floor, we're going to have you meet here, we're going to have security here, and we're going to get you off the floor. Something I, I was catching a lot of yesterday is, well, look at all the Duke players except for Filipowski. It's like they, they're used to this. They hustled to the blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I get what everybody's saying, but also like – it should not be on the kids, the teenagers in some cases, who just lost to now be like, all right, we got to get off the floor or else, you know. That's I, why I, you have security. I do agree with you. That's what they're there for. There is somebody that needs to do that. But some of what I heard yesterday was like, well, Filipowski just needs to get to the bench. It's like, the dude just, like, he lost. It's nowhere in his mind right now that, man, I'm going to get trampled by a bunch of nerdy Wake Forest kids. It's nowhere in his mind. And for him to be like, well, it's really on you, kid, which I was a little bit of yesterday, so I'll admit my mistake there. It's like, you got to kind of know, but you also shouldn't be required and expected to know. But that's why security before the game meets with the head coach, the coaching staff, mm-hmm. maybe the players briefly. If this should happen, we'd like you to come directly back to the bench. We're going to meet here. Or we're going to take you out the tunnel. We're going to get you off the floor. And and you and you remind and, and your coaching staff has to remind the players that game ends, get over here, mm-hmm. 
get over here. And and that I, I get the emotion of the moment. That's not always easy to think about those things. But it's something that, that probably that that's going to be your best approach on this. Because I, I don't know how else you're going to stop hundreds of people from running onto the floor. I, because I don't I don't think fines are going to do it. I don't think arresting them, detaining them is going to accomplish anything. I think I mean, for me, like maybe this is also on the home team as well. Not necessarily the true. team. They, they hold a responsibility. I but agree. game ops maybe too. Yeah. Be like, you know, five minutes left. Please, fans, remember at the conclusion of the game to stay off the court. Anything you can do to give them an extra five or ten seconds to get towards their bench. Creates a moment of hesitation on the yeah. fans. Okay, should I go out there? You know, just to at least throw because there's those announcements all the time and we hear them at high school games sure. yes it reminds you it, don't be a jerk sportsmanship type stuff that's easy as pie instead of just you know playing some <laughs> in a timeout just 10 seconds fans please remember to stay off the court at the conclusion of the game until players have right. safely left the surface and that coupled with security being mm-hmm. there to escort the team off the floor right would help to alleviate some of this. Yeah, you don't need to go Jack Buck. Go crazy, folks. Well, hold on. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Some kid with a TikTok following is going to go out there and blow up a player. All right, 731. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Wyatt Thompson will join us in a little bit. We'll get his thoughts about the whole court storming thing. Avs have the stars tonight. Laurie Nachishkin will not be playing tonight, but he's getting a step closer to coming back to the Avalanche. We'll dive into that next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. About the only song I could really ever play on the guitar, any bit of a song, was, was this. Yeah, I know gu- Guitar Center employees probably hate this song. This is a great song, though. It is. This is a phenomenal song, front to back. Deep Purple's awesome, too, by the way. Do you remember what, what was it that burned down? That the uh, reference? It was a, a hotel was or the hotel, casino in, like, Switzerland or France yeah, or something? Like Montreux or yes, someplace? Yeah, Montreux, Switzerland. Yeah. And they did a live show there in the 90s. Yeah. It's where the one of the big live recordings of that song. And then um, just the, the, the bizarre story about Christopher Cross. Being the guitarist for one night, yeah, for Deep Purple when they were in like San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. because Richie Blackmore got sick, and it was like early on in their career. It was like like first tour of America, and Christopher Cross, yeah, that guy, that Christopher yep. Cross, Salem, Arthur's theme, was also a heck of a guitarist, and he knew their he knew their music, and so they were looking for somebody local, like hey. This Christopher Cross guy could probably mm-hmm. stand in tonight, and he went and played with him. And so there's the Christopher Cross Deep Purple combination. I love the rock combination sometimes where you're like, that guy? Really? Yeah, that guy? Like, Brian Adams wrote War Machine for Kiss. Yeah. which like, With Kiss. But he wrote a majority of that song. Yeah, like, he wrote a lot of songs. Brian Adams. Before he really took off, right. he wrote a lot of music. You're like, Really? I got really Brian Adams. Yeah, it just doesn't cuts like a knife. Brian Adams kind of jam. Yeah, I mean, cuts like a knife sounds yeah. like to be a Kiss song, but it's but it's not really a Kiss song. It wouldn't be a song that Kiss would do probably. No, it it would have a way different connotation to it. <laughs> yes, it would mean something completely different. Oh yes, it would. It'd be a little bit more Randy of a song. Uh, knowing Kiss, yes, that would be the, the case. All right, so the the Avalanche take on the Dallas Stars tonight. And uh, some good news for Colorado, though he won't play tonight. Valari Nachushkin back with the Avalanche. As yes. we mentioned uh, in uh, what's happening, that uh, Nachushkin is now uh, through the uh, NFLPA's player assistance program. He's still going through kind of the, the care part of mm-hmm. it, if you will, as he transitions back. But he has not played for the team since January 10th when they played against Vegas at Ball Arena. Did not play January 13th in Toronto. And then there was the announcement he was going to the NHL, NHLPA player assistance program two days later when they got to Montreal. So he was on the ice yesterday 
at uh, the Avalanche's practice facility at Family Sports Center. And uh, Kale McCarr telling the Denver Post, obviously went through what he needed to, and we all support him. For, for him to be back, it's awesome to see him around. Hopefully he can get back in shape and figure it out. He has to take the time that he needs. We all respect him, and he's a big part of us. And he's when he got shut down and went to the uh, player assistance program, one of the hottest goal scorers in the league, mm-hmm. that he had 21 goals and 35 points in 29 games before he stepped away from the team. When he's in the lineup, they're 65-19-9. and nine. Yeah, it's a huge, huge benefit to have him in the lineup. He's still third on the team in goal scored, and he hasn't played in almost two months. That tells you how much offense he brings to the table. And I loved the fact that it must have been during a closed session when he got on the ice yesterday because it was like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. It was like, Villadary has been spotted on the ice. He's either <laughs> on or not. He's either right? there or he's not. Yeah, like He's a massive mountain of a man, and he's either there or not. It's like, there's reports that he's been spotted. His... The hump was coming out of the ice. It's like, well, no, he's there. But it's a good sign. Well, it's a good sign for him that he's comfortable enough and in a in a spot right enough to get back on the ice and start skating and Absolutely. start this process to come back. And just in the right time for the Avalanche as we head toward the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. playoffs to get him back. And so the Avalanche heading into tonight with that matchup with Dallas. Dallas leads the Central Division right now with 79 points. The Avalanche are third with 75 right now with uh, the Jets sandwiched in there at 77 points. So uh, a big game for the Avalanche tonight and that one when uh, Colorado squares off against the Dallas Stars at the uh, at Ball Arena tonight. So, um, But we will have, unfortunately, fortunately but unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, fortunately for Maverick fans, we'll have uh, Maverick basketball at Westminster tonight. Um, but uh, we'll talk with Connor McGahey tomorrow about, uh, of course, the radio voice of the Avalanche about uh, tonight's game. Dallas going to break it down from uh, what happens tonight. Talking with Connor tomorrow right around 840. All right. Uh, text or call us 970-242-1340. And it's time to play Wrigley Field Colorado, uh, Colorado Sports Trivia today. We're going to do it early on today since we have Mav Day over at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer later. So you can win a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field, the home of the 15-minute lunch guarantee. If you don't get your lunch in 15 minutes or less, you get it for half price. They're just east of Sam Saplazio Field on North Avenue. So here's the question today. What was the name of the Avs' first mascot? Thought we'd keep it very simple Ooh, today. Interesting. What was the name of the Avalanche's first mascot? Because the current one, which I'm going to say his name, mm-hmm. that's not the original mascot of the Avalanche. What was the name of the Avs' first mascot? If you won the last two weeks, don't play. Otherwise, mm-hmm. send your answer in text only on the team line, 970-242-1340. Doing a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field on North Avenue. What was the name of the Avs' first mascot? So send that answer in right now to 970-242-1340. Time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, Major League Baseball is in a bit of a pickle because of, well, visible pickles, if you will, <laughs> with the pants. And I, saw, okay, I saw a piece on John Oliver about this with all these different uh-huh. you know, morning news shows. And yeah, and the, la- the ladies are like, we don't mind these pants. Right. But the... But the dudes do. You can tell. They're like, I can't believe we have to wear yeah. these. Fan of bats and balls, <laughs> the sports equipment. That's about it. Yep. The otherwise, yeah. Yeah. But as we say about baseball, never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. The Rob Manfred mod- motto. And Jeff Pass, who was on Dan Patrick yesterday, saying that the whole, well, it's not our fault, is something that's not going well for Major League Baseball right now. You know, when you go through a new manufacturing process, there are always errors that come out. But the important thing is fixing the issue that you've got right now. And it doesn't seem as if they're doing a whole lot to fix this or change it. And that's the frustrating part of it, that 
everyone's kind of pointing fingers at one another. You know, Nike is the, 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 you know, new manufacturer of the uniforms and they're looking at fanatics and saying, yeah, you know, it's, it's fanatics that soon. And fanatics is looking at Nike and saying, well, we're just going off the designs that they sent us. And you don't solve problems by pointing fingers. This is a problem because I am on the Dan Patrick show. And the first question that he asked me was about the ability to see players through their pants. Like, if that's not a problem that you should be, uh, you should be out there trying to solve instantaneously, you've taken the wrong path. That's going to be on Rob Manfred's tombstone. You've taken the wrong path. It's just incredible. Yeah, well, people are looking for Gary Bettman. They're going to come across Rob Manfred and be like, oh. Gary, Bet- walk Gary Bettman's saying thank God for Rob yeah. Manfred. Oh, man. That's been National Hockey League Commissioner's Office hero for the last five years, Rob Manfred. <laughs> All right, 743. Wyatt Thompson, our college basketball insider, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, the team. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson, on the Jim Davis Show. He's the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. He's our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So what do you think we're going to talk about first today, Wyatt? Seven overtime? What? Ooh, <laughs> seven <laughs> no, actually, no. No, not seven overtimes. How about okay. court storming? Because everybody else wants to talk about court storming. We, I guess we could go against the grain and not no talk no about let's it. talk court storming first that's that's a good good subject right after what happened with uh wake and, and duke the other day um yeah and kyle filipowski injured his ankle the duke star uh post player uh injuring his ankle and, and the little melee that happened afterward if wyatt thompson was in charge of college basketball and wyatt thompson could fix this problem what would be the solution to court storming you know, I don't know that I have a solution, Jim, and I'm being as honest as I can be on this. I heard Bill Self, um, they played tonight. He met with the media yesterday, the coach at Kansas, and uh, I think he has as much clout as anybody in college basketball. I'm sure you'd agree with that. And, and he said that he doesn't have the answers either, but we've got to get something figured out. I think it's, just being honest here, when Jay Billis says, rope them in and give them all a fine how are you going to do that yeah that's that's, 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 that's not realistic that's stupid it doesn't even make any sense and i like jay I, I do but that that let's come up with a real solution um that won't get it i the, the problem is and i I've, I've worked in the athletic department at k-state now for well this is my 22nd year we've had court stormings here and if, if I'm, I'm being honest most of them <laughs> have come in the few times we've beaten kansas in this building uh, it was about to happen the other night, and our coaches kind of put palms up and said, no, no, please don't do this, and the, and the kids stopped. Um, maybe that's the way you do it. I don't know, uh, but it is a very difficult thing because these event staff people are trained. Some people think they're not, but they are, and they do the best that they can, but when you have – you know, 30 event management staff around the bottom part of the floor trying to stop, you know, a couple of thousand people or or more coming onto the floor. I'm sorry, sir. I just don't have a real good answer for you on how how to change that. Uh, Do you you just... um, uh, uh, Do do you put up a retaining thing where you can't get over it? I just don't think that's the answer either. Remember back when it was in the 40s and 50s, they had... Like the chicken wire around the basketball mm-hmm. court. Do what they you would, do to yeah. European hooligans. Just put them behind a glass wall. We're, we're, and we're not suggesting that. I think our, ours is a, I think a, a fairly simple suggestion is kind of by, you know, bipartisan here with with Buckeye and myself, where mm-hmm. I suggest security meets with the with the opposing team before the game. Hey, look, if this yeah. does happen, here's how we're going to do this. You'll come back to the bench. We will escort you to the tunnel. We'll make sure we have enough security people. To, to get you out of here. But you know, we want to remind everybody, please come back to the bench. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the moment the game ends, if, if it happens that you, you end up losing the game. And then yeah. you make the suggestion, Buckeye, of... Yeah, have the, you know, the PA announcer or game ops, put it on the scoreboard if you have to. Be like, 
starting five minutes left at a stoppage. Reminder fans, please stay off the court until all players and officials have left. You know, yeah. at least put that little, if you give the other team five, ten seconds to at least get back to their bench, I think that's going to be enough to kind of stop the running into of visiting players. I, I agree with all of what you're saying. But we, I say this a lot in interviews like this, we're trying for perfection in an imperfect world. And let's be honest, Filipowski was in the middle of the floor, yeah, and wasn't he? He was. Yeah, and he was, it, yeah, it didn't look to me like he was really trying that hard to get off. I, and I'm not blaming the kid at all. As a matter of fact, he's probably, most people are going to look at him as, as the victim in this, and I get it. But it isn't quite as simple as that. As, as a matter of fact, when you guys were talking there, it reminded me, you know, as I said, you know, K-State has stormed the court a few times when they beat their state rival because they're one of the best five teams in college basketball most of the time, and it's thrilling when you do it. And that's why I brought up Bill Self a moment ago because, hey, think about it. When they're on the road, they get more court stormings than anybody Absolutely. for the most part, this side of Duke or Kentucky or whoever. Right. And the, the idea is to keep those guys safe, and you're right. And I, I do recall, I say that to say this, I do recall not that many years ago where Coach Self was bumped by a fan inadvertently, but he was bumped and he was mad about it, and he should have been. And, and I think K-State looked at their policies, tried to improve on it, and I think they do as good a job as most, um, maybe not everybody, but all of these uh, – athletic departments try because you know their spines and nobody wants to be fine i'm just i'm just trying to convey that there are a lot of things that go into this and it's there's no real easy answer in my personal right opinion. I, mean, I just don't think arresting people on the floor all that that's a that's a that's a ludicrous ridiculous notion yeah. you're going to be able to to do that and that that's going to deter anybody going forward i, I just and, and the fines like they have in the sec which could be up to five hundred thousand dollars on the on the final one yeah, I, I, I you know I don't know if any of those things are really going to serve as in the SEC. I mean, I, I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't, we haven't we talked about it yesterday. I don't know how many court stormings happen in the SEC because of that particular yeah. you know provision, if you will, being in the SEC. But something has to has to change, and you have to find a way to for for fans to still celebrate and enjoy the the thrill of of knocking off a rival, but also without yeah. the potential of of injuring those on the floor. I mean, there has to be some kind well, of sure. common sense solution, which, you know, uh, it, it, it happened. It doesn't happen that often, but it happens often enough, I guess, why it for us to, to have this conversation. Well, and it, if we're being honest too, I mean, we, it isn't called court storming, but we see people rush the field in football yeah. too, but it's different, isn't it? Because in football, um, they have a little bit more protection. Um, generally speaking, if they get bumped, they'll hit back. <laughs> exactly. I'm not trying to be funny in any way on that, uh, even though it sounds like it. Uh, it it's just a different situation, and uh, I, I wish there were an easy way to do it. I, I think, too, that I remember one year uh, our event management people were trying to, you know, those people surrounding the floor with, with a rope trying to hold people out. But, but again, I'm just going to say this. When those kids want to get on the floor – they're going to find a way to do it. They, they, w whether it's at Kansas State or Colorado or Colorado State or UCLA or whatever it might be, they're going to get there if they want to get there. I don't know how you stop it. I don't. Wyatt Thompson, voice of Kansas State Wildcats for College Basketball Insider with us. You referenced seven overtimes. So <laughs> lead us into that, Wyatt. Well, K-State played a seventh overtime game this season last night. That's an NCAA record, and they've won all of them. Now, that's the, that's the good news. The downside was they were up 48-26 to 26 at half against West Virginia. And West Virginia outscored them by 22 in the second half and sent it to overtime, and somehow K-State won 94-90. I didn't think about the court storming when I answered the phone this morning, but uh, it's certainly the bigger topic in college basketball. But it is remarkable. Not only is Tang in his two years here, 7-0 this year in overtime, but he's 12-0 in two years. I've never seen anything like that, frankly. That's, in, that's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, even to yeah. play seven overtime games, whether you win them all or not, is a whole different animal, right? Seven overtime games. <laughs> Let's put that into perspective. They're seventeen and eleven. 
I mean, yeah, the, to to have. He's even joked. He's even yeah. joked, Jim, that no, I don't get paid overtime for overtime games. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah, you know, there's not there's not an extra you know yeah extra bonus check or anything for for playing an overtime game. Yeah, if you're but coach for the Dan. record, the radio guy didn't get any more either. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that that never happens. You never. By the way, you worked overtime. You get uh, you you get an extra little yeah. uh, little check. Yeah, let's find another couple hundred, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Tyler Perry was uh, obviously great in that game for Kansas State. 29 points uh, to, to lead the Wildcats to the victory. Now, as far as the AP Top 25, Houston gets their turn, Wyatt, at the, the top of the rankings after they beat Baylor, the only uh, matchup of ranked teams in the Big 12 this last weekend. Watch some of that game. First half, Houston was just killing them. And oh, then yeah. here comes Baylor in the second half to make it a close game, a little bit more of a, a heart palpitation game for Kelvin Sampson and the Cougars. And the league is so unique that way because Baylor loses that game at home to a terrific team, and then they go to TCU last night and pretty much dominate a good TCU team uh, pretty much from start to finish. Um, it, it's just an amazing thing. Houston is so rock solid, and we've talked about them before, but a, a, a special defensive team. Some of their numbers on the defensive end are just crazy good, and I, I think they have – what I will describe as the MVP of the Big 12 this year in Jamal Shedd, their point guard. Um, but the league continues to be really, really strong. I mean, you got, I mean, you got K-State and Cincinnati. They played this weekend in Cincinnati. Um, both of them really still have a shot to get to the NCAA tournament, and I, I do think the league will get nine in. I, I think there are some that think, barring upsets, um, maybe you could get as many as 10 of the 14. I don't think that will happen, but I think you can count on nine. The league's been strong. And I, I've said this before, too. You know, the Mountain West, anybody, if the Big 12's the best, is the Mountain West second best? Uh, could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot There's a lot of evidence to, to maybe back that up, support that that notion. Uh, though we did see, I mean, there are a lot of good leagues. Don't yeah. misunderstand. We, you know that, but and teams too. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at the top grouping, and you know, Purdue's 25 and three. You know, and just not that long ago, they were the top team, and not that long ago at 25 and three, Connecticut was the number one team. <laughs> so here we go, strap it on. Absolutely, and as I'm mentioning, Colorado State, unfortunately, they, they fell out of the top 25. But uh, that, yeah. that, that, that's a Mountain West uh, you know, that's, that's really, really tough once again this year and, and certainly could be in that conversation of one of the, the stronger college basketball conferences along with, with the Big 12 this season. Hey, Wyatt, always appreciate it, my friend. Uh, get a little extra rest after working overtime. And I think you just need to, uh, <laughs> to, to go to your Boston's and say, you know, I did work overtime. I think I do deserve a little extra, you know, a couple hundred bucks yeah. there. And you know what they would say back, right? You're not digging ditches. Go enjoy it. Yeah, It'll go, be all right. Yep.